Welcome, listeners, to the Illusion Empire podcast. And we're going to jump right straight to it. Um, the first segment is going to be primary politics. And we will be discussing the six candidates that I know for sure has zero chance of winning the presidential election. Even just to get the nomination. Getting the nomination for them is impossible. I'm going to go one by one on discussing the Democrats that are doomed. Sure, I'm going to call them doomed Democrat. Doomed Democrat number one is Michael Bennett, the current senator of Colorado. He's more of a pragmatist kind of president that um, went against Ted Cruz one time and even even uh, rebuttaled him and attacked Donald Trump very successfully in that long speech about the border wall. And he called it a medieval thing. Now, I'm not saying the exact words, but it's pretty close to what he has said. Um, he has no chance of winning. He should just endorse one of the other moderate candidates like uh, either Amy Klobuchar or Joe Biden at this point. He's not getting any traction in the polls. I mean, a lot of polls can indicate that he should just drop. I don't know why he's still running. I just really don't get it. Um, Doom Democrat number two would be John Delaney. I know personally he has spent millions and millions of dollars on Iowa. He supposedly visit every single county in Iowa, but he hasn't made any dents in his I mean his um intense campaign over there has made no impact. He should just drop. He needs to drop. Another one I'm telling you, they just keep campaigning as if as if a miracle is going to come to them. I just don't see it happening. Um, let's see, Doom Democrat number three, and sadly one of my personal favorites, um, Tulsi Gabbard. Um, I know she's controversial to some of the liberals because she's supposedly not sodpologist. But, you know, she has some good ideas when it comes to foreign policy. I think she should just work in the cabinet, um, maybe somewhere in um, foreign policy. But she's going to probably need some guidance on how to um, do policies that won't cause as much controversy. And that's all. And maybe in um, Bernie Sanders' cabinet. I don't see her in any other cabinet. For all the other um, potential um, nominees. Uh, oh, let me go back to John Delaney. Um, John Delaney, he should just quit and just go back to running businesses. He has zero business in politics. Okay. So the, so the next one will be on Deval Patrick. And he's... Uh, 
I mean, he's just jumped in the race pretty late, and he has not made much impact since his entrance into the race. He's just another um, candidate that's just there that has zero chance of winning. You know, man. And he just, he's no, just needs to quit. I mean, he's not, he's not getting much traction. I mean, my Bloomberg, who has joined the race very late, is going to gain traction, especially uh, for Super Tuesday, because he has been, um, I'll say, over $170 million on advertisement. I mean, he's putting a lot of that money even to the Super Bowl, which is, is. was a pretty smart um, use of his um, massive um, wealth just to uh, spread his name around. But his popularity is not so great with the progressives. I mean, he's one of the least desirable um, candidates with progressive wing. The moderate, the pragmatist wing would um, like him. And, of course, um, some of the wealthy people will like him. And he does well. He does bring a good amount of leadership experience. He's been a mayor of New York for three terms. Um, I would say he did an okay job running the city, but there was some parts he can improve, like that stop and frisk. I mean, he's gonna have to change that stop and frisk because that is anti-democrat, and a lot of them and. And, you know, that's part of his track record. So he's going to have to, I know he's already apologized for it in the past, but the timing of it is too political because if he wasn't running for president, I highly doubt he'd be apologizing for stopping Frisk. All right. Well, he does bring some leadership experience. He's nearly 19 times more wealthier than Donald Trump. So... Okay, and the next one who has um, no hope of winning, in my opinion, will be Klobuchar. I know she was eligible for the last debate, but to me, that don't mean anything. She's a moderate. I mean, she could um, compromise and work decently well with some of the Republicans. However... She's not going to win. I mean, Amy Kerberchaw doesn't have a chance of winning. Um, obviously, Mike Bloomberg does have a better chance of her winning um, because of his name recognition, wealth, and he's, a, I would say, a pretty smart guy. And Amy Kerberchaw, she's just a dull candidate that don't bring much to the table. I mean, we have someone who wants to try to restore normalcy is Biden, and you can't get can't get more progressive than Biden. So she don't serve much uh, when it comes to um, being a support. You know, these are these are the candidates, in my opinion, have zero chance at winning the Democrat nomination. And much as and much as it pains me, one of my personal favorites is uh, Tulsi Gabbard, and 
She has some makings of a leader. She has evolved from her conservative family's beliefs. And she also has, you know, helped the LGBTQ community, uh, you know, gain rights, protect them, and so on and so on. Now, the issue is that the media doesn't like her because she's a independent and a strong woman. And she doesn't play into the whole identity politics and the so-called wall culture. Now, she wants, uh, she has a big picture mindset and she wants to, you know, help America. She has a big picture mindset and she wants to help all Americans, even include, um, the disenfranchised Trump voters, which it'll be a good thing, but it'll be a good tactic for later on. Not now. Now you have to work on getting gathering Democrat votes, not the not the Republican votes. That you could do on once you um gain the Democrat nomination. I just think the time of that tactic is way off. Man, I give you great respect for being inclusive, but I think the time is just a little off. That's all I have to say. And that is it for the first segment. Anchor is a free podcasting app that is perfect for beginners. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast. Anchor will distribute your podcast so that it could be heard in other platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. That is A-N-C-H-O-R. Dot FM. I'm going to repeat. It is A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. What are you waiting for? I've been doing this for about a year now. And if you really have the passion to start a podcast, you should do it. It's fun and easy. Okay, dear listeners, uh, we are in the second segment of this podcast. Uh, this one's called Mid Game. This is where I talk about video games. And the video game topic I would like to discuss is the Super Smash Bros. 5th DLC character release of Bailiff. And he is from Fire Emblem Three Houses, and that's a game. But it has um, great music um, and so far three routes of um, make a pick. And that will have major um, influence in the story. And farm stories, I play the old titles and they are normally complex, uh, developed. And the stories... um, were very good. It, it illustrates the politics of um, the medieval kingdoms. 
and that's so much more. It's a to me a great tactical game overall. Mm. I still think it's a somewhat underrated um series. But the reception of this character Byleth um has I will perceive um as mixed on recep reception um. Some like the fact that they're expanding on the Fire Emblem um, roster for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. And some are disappointed in the fact that um, a character like Cuphead didn't come in as a DLC character. What happens to Cuphead instead, they, um, he is a me gunner costume. And animations of it um, looks pretty cool. I mean... I'm happy that um, Cuphead is included in there in some way. I, to be honest, I would prefer him to be a, a DLC character. I mean, that would be just so interesting. No, but at least they include one song. Um, it's a good one, and it's that old salsa-like um, tune when you fight um, Carney Carnation. And that being that boss, that game, Cuphead is a tough game, but it's a fun game. Um, if you don't have the tenacity and the persistence, um, for that kind of game, I'm just telling you right now, just don't play it. It's tough. It's hardcore. The boss AI is very, very adaptive. And if you're the type to rage quit and break the controller I have or break the damn TV in half, um, I strongly would not recommend you to play that game at all. I mean, nope. Nope, I sh no, you you're gonna have to um the and then that game is a big learning curve. Um, you gotta pay attention to so much at the same time. But it's a fun game. Um, so for the, of course the Fire Emblem um fans, um were happy, especially the three house um can they were happy that um they included a character that represented that game, um and that game has been. I'm successful. Maybe I'll play it sometime in the future and I'll probably get more in-depth um, thoughts about it. But I've really, I really haven't played a game, but I've listened to some of the soundtracks and the soundtracks is um, beautiful. I mean, Fire Emblem to me has improved um, a lot in terms of story, graphics, gameplay. I mean, they haven't, they haven't always reached this, um, Height of success, but you know, that's just besides the point. I don't want to get too off topic now. But both, um, at least he has a um, move set that actually differentiates him for all the other Fire Emblem swordsmen. I mean, I personally like Chrome because he has a little more utility. Um, out of all the Fire Emblem characters, um, to me, then to me, that's my best counter character against Roy and Crumb. Um, because he at least has a stun, he has some range, his counter, his counter range is a bit ambiguous. But by but by Lith, he has um, he wields a lot of weapons, he wields a lance, an axe, a bow, and of course, a sword that um, could and change into a whip. So, you know, they gave they gave a pretty um lengthy showcase about this character and I think it was needed because he's going to seem on uh, me my pre-impressions of it, he's going to seem 
to be hard to use because you know he has a strong move set, but he could be easily countered because you could just smell and sense the move coming from a mile away. So if people want to get good with that character, they're gonna have to be unpredictable with those strong moves and know when to use the right move at the right time and at the right situation. So you know, and a typical Fire Emblem character has counters. So that could be problematic, especially for his, um, his slow moves. So that's all I have to say. Uh, me, personally, I'm a bit mixed. But I'm still going to give it a chance. So I'm not going to be one of those who are just pissed off already and don't want to try the character just because of because I'm consuming emotion now. But the great news is, the great news is that Smash Brothers development staff is creating six more DLC characters for the second group. Yeah, if this is a second group of DLC fighters. So I just, so that to me, even though that happened, but maybe more possibility of other characters, maybe definitely more third-party characters are going to come in, that's for sure. Um, and they have a good amount of, um, I think, of choices that they could put in there. I'll probably say maybe Crash Bandicoot or Spyro could be another third-party character they could add in there. They could easily fit into the universe. I mean, they're kind of quirky and weird, and they don't have to do you know, any censorship at all. A pretty kid um, friendly character, so me, I was personally a little disappointed because I just thought it'd be another interesting third party character. Because all the other DLCs, with the exception of Piranha Plant, were third party, so I was just interested who's gonna which, which is the next non Nintendo character's gonna come up. But now we have um, possibility of more of those coming, so I'm pretty happy overall. A little disappointment. Overall, I'm I'm happy about it. I'll be able to move on. I'll be all right. So, and that concludes this segment. Okay, listeners, we have reached the third and final segment of this podcast. Um, this segment is called Weird Topic Finale, or WTF for short. So we're going to discuss, uh, not we, it's mostly me that's going to be doing that, but I do want to hear your feedback. Believe me, I actually do. Um, the topic we're going to talk about is... Um, Forgiveness. Oh, yes, forgiveness. Hmm. That is a powerful one because some people have mastered this, and those who do not have witnessed um, lasting consequences. Um, there are those who forgive. They move on, 
to next part of their lives or next task or goal. And those who do not forgive, those who hold a grudge, in other words, they tend to be stuck. And they will continue to be fixated on on the perceived mistakes that they see in others or even in themselves. Let's keep brief them about this. Forgiveness takes strength. Personally, for me, forgiveness has not been always the easiest thing for me to do because I used to be a very, very self-righteous kind of guy. I said, well, well, you did this, you did me wrong, and I'm right because of blah, blah, blah. But it turns out I've gotten a bit more mature, wiser. I learned that forgiveness is actually a very powerful tool. It's a powerful tool, especially if you want to move on. And these are things that I um, learned actually convinced me that forgiveness is possible for me. Forgiveness does not mean um, that friendship will be restored. Yeah, it can mean that. It just means that the beef is dead and even having the emotions and tension is just gone because it consumes and, and take it from me it consumes the hell out of you I mean it just sucks up so much energy that could be put into something else such as helping other people or you know Doing a better um, job at work or be more focused on the good things of life, on the important things of life. So forgiveness is something that um, people should learn. But me, I'm not the forceful kind of guy. I mean, if people want to learn, so be it. That's them. I believe in self determination. People. Uh, if people really want to learn how to forgive, they will learn. Even if they have to battle their own emotions. So, and forgiveness, well, and some people perceive it as weak, as just, oh, you're giving a free pass. No. You're just letting go that grudge that you're holding. And you're mostly hurting yourself more than the other person, really. That's the thing I keep in mind. You are hurting yourself when you hold that grudge more than anybody. Right? You give yourself self-poison when you forgive. And that's the incentive that I've gained out of it. It's not a free pass for the other person. Believe me, it's not. It's the fact that you want to move on. You want to put energy to other things that are, quite frankly, more useful. So, me, I had to secretly forgive my co-workers for backstabbing me. I had to forgive... um, my family members of what they have done five years ago. 
right? I have to forgive. I want to forgive because I want to move on. Keep carrying this. It's going to eventually kill me. All right? So I just did it out of that reason. And maybe not the most purest reason, but it is enough to motivate me to um, actually learn this. Right, I had to forgive uh, a friend um, last year because he just kept bailing out. And then I saw him with his, you know, him in a party of about five months later. See, so since I'm a believer of God, and that's gonna either make me more likable or not likable, I personally don't care. Um, he works in mysterious ways. Let me just give a disclaimer here. I respect all religions as long as you respect mine. Yes, I do have a couple of friends who are Buddhist, um, even uh, Muslim. I helped one of them um, pass his ESL. And became an Uber driver. So me, I respect everybody. As long as you respect me, I respect you. And I can easily forgive. Alright, so. Again, this is very important. It's very important for you. Not necessarily for the other person. So the faster you grasp this, the better. But do it at your pace. Don't do it so fast to the point that it's going to be insincere. All right, this is a process, and um, this is going to take longer than others. And some will learn this very quickly. It depends on the personality, depends how life has shaped your character, who you are. So, and I want to hear your feedback. I'm sure you can add more. You probably um, add better um, tips for this particular topic. All right, so. And I'm going to just end it right there. All right. And one thing I have to say to you, enjoy life.